Welcome back to the Leadership Cheat Code, where we unlock the cheat code to effective leadership. My name is Brian Vaughn, and today I will be discussing the five, count them, five most important skills that every leader should possess. Leadership skills that are crucial for guiding team members towards success and achieving goals. So whether you're an aspiring leader or looking to enhance your existing leadership capabilities, these skills will definitely help you thrive. So let's dig in. The first skill on our list is effective communication. As a leader, it is essential to convey your thoughts, ideas, and expectations clearly to your team. Here are two strategies to improve your communication skills. One of the key strategies, of course, you're going to hear me mention this a lot, is active listening. When you actively listen to your team members, you show that their opinions and ideas matter. This fosters a sense of trust and encourages open communication. Practice active listening by maintaining eye contact, nodding, and asking relevant questions. So here are five steps to practice active listening as a key strategy for fostering trust and open communication with your team members. Number one is to maintain eye contact. When someone is speaking to you, make an effort to maintain appropriate eye contact. What did Mr. Miyagi say to Daniel-san, right? Look eye, right? So maintain eye contact. This demonstrates that you are fully present and engaged in the conversation, showing that you respect the speaker and their overall ideas. Number two is to nod to show understanding. Use nonverbal cues such as nodding to indicate that you understand what the speaker is saying. This simple gesture reassures them that you are actively listening and that you are processing their thoughts. This is what I call attending behaviors, right? To show that you are in the moment with that person, fully engaged and listening. Number three is to avoid interruptions. Let the person finish speaking before you respond. That is probably one of the biggest things you can do as a leader, allowing people to fully communicate their thoughts and ideas. So avoid trying to interrupt or finishing their sentences as it can be frustrating and may discourage them from communicating openly. Number four is to ask relevant questions. Pose thoughtful questions related to what the speaker is saying. These questions not only show your interest, but also help clarify any points that may be unclear or it can prompt the speaker to elaborate on their ideas. Number five is to reflect and to summarize. So after the speaker has finished, take a moment to reflect on what they said and summarize the key points. This type of technique demonstrates that you genuinely listened and understood their message, which further reinforces trust and encourages continued open communication. The second strategy is to deliver clear and concise messages. Leaders often deal with complex information and it's important to break it down into easily understandable chunks. Use simple language, right? Provide examples and avoid jargon when possible. This way, your team will grasp your message more effectively. So here are five things that you can do, five steps, right? That you can do to deliver a clear and concise message as a leader. Number one is to identify the key message. Before communicating with your team, take some time to identify the core message you want to convey. Understand the main points you need to communicate, ensure that they are relevant and aligned with your goals. Number two, simplify the language. Avoid using complex terminology or jargon that may confuse your team members. Use straightforward language that is easily understandable by everyone. If you need to use technical terms, provide simple explanations to ensure clarity. 
Number three is to break down complex information. If you're dealing with intricate or detailed information, break it down to smaller, digestible chunks. Present one idea at a time and use clear headings or bullet points to organize the content effectively. Number four is to provide examples. Examples are great because they help you to illustrate your message with relevant points and or real life scenarios to make it more relatable to your team. Examples help to clarify abstract concepts and provide practical insights into how to apply the information that you're communicating. And number five is to encourage two-way communication. While delivering your message, encourage your team members to ask questions or to seek clarification. Two-way communication fosters understanding and it ensures that your message is being received and intended. Listen actively and address any concerns or confusions promptly. The second skill is emotional intelligence. This is the ability to understand and manage your emotions and those of others. Let's explore two strategies to enhance your emotional intelligence as a leader. The first strategy is to practice empathy. Empathy is a powerful tool for leaders. By putting yourself in someone else's shoes, you can understand their perspectives, their needs, and their emotions. This helps you to build stronger relationships and to also create a more supportive work environment. Practice empathy by actively listening, right? Go back and look at those skills that we just talked about when it comes to listening actively, right? When you're practicing empathy, you need to employ active listening tips, strategies. You also want to make sure that you validate other people's emotions and that you offer assistance when needed. So here are five steps to practice empathy as a leader. Number one, always. I'm always going to talk about it, right? You're going to hear me say this in so many times. Because I see leaders say that they communicate, that they listen, but they truly don't. So number one, of course, to kick it off is active listening. Engage in active listening when interacting with your team members or your colleagues. Focus on, once again, what they're saying without interrupting or rushing to provide solutions. That's the biggest thing. It's holding back your tendency to provide a solution to the problem that they may be having. What we need to do as leaders is to make sure that we pay attention to their words, their tone, and their body language to grasp the unaligning emotions and concerns that they might be expressing. Number two, of course, is to put aside any judgments. Avoid making any quick judgments or assumptions about their experiences or their feelings. You know what they say about making assumptions, right? So stay clear of making assumptions. Instead, approach every situation with an open mind and a willingness to understand their perspective fully. Recognize that everyone's background and circumstances are different, which can, of course, influence their reactions and their decisions. Number three is to validate emotions. Acknowledge and validate the emotions of those you interact with. Let them know that you understand their feelings and that their feelings are accepted, even if you may not agree and or share the same sentiment. Validation helps create a safe space of open communication and builds trust within the team. Number four is to ask questions. Encourage others to share their thoughts and feelings by asking open-ended questions. This approach allows individuals to express themselves more openly, more freely by providing you with deeper insights into their concerns and needs. Be genuinely curious about their experiences and listen without judgment. And number five is to offer support and assistance. When someone is going through a challenging time or facing difficulties, offer your support and assistance. It could be something as simple as asking, how can I help? Or offering some type of resources that might aid them in their situation. Demonstrating genuine concern and being there for your team members fosters a positive and caring work environment. The second strategy we're gonna talk about is self-reflection. Self-reflection is equally important for emotional intelligence. 
Take time to analyze your own emotions, your triggers, your reactions. Reflect on how your actions may impact others and strive to manage your own emotions effectively. This self-awareness will enable you as a leader to respond to challenges effectively with composure and with empathy. So here are five steps to practice self-reflection for enhancing your own emotional intelligence. Number one is to allocate dedicated time. Set a time specific periods in your day or your week for self-reflection. Find a quiet place, someplace comfortable, someplace quiet where you can focus without distractions. This can be through journaling. It can be accomplished through meditation or just sitting quietly with your own thoughts. Number two is to identify triggers and emotions. So during your self-reflection time, pay attention to your emotions, right? What's happening within you? Recognize how you feel in different situations and identify the triggers that lead to these emotions. Understanding your triggers will help you to anticipate your emotional responses. Number three is to explore root causes. Once you've identified your emotions and your triggers, delve deeper into their root causes. Reflect on past experiences, beliefs, and assumptions that may be influencing your emotional reactions. Understanding the underlying reasons could lead to better emotional regulation. Number four is to assess reactions and behaviors. Analyze how you typically respond to certain emotions and triggers. Do you react impulsively or thoughtfully? Uh, evaluate whether your actions are helpful or harmful in those situations. Consider how your actions might impact the others around you in that moment, in that time. And number five is to practice empathy and perspective taking. Use self-reflection to develop empathy and perspective taking abilities. Try to put yourself in other shoes and understand their feelings and needs in different circumstances. Empathy can help you respond to challenging situations with understanding and compassion. The third skill we're gonna talk about is decision-making. Leaders must make critical decisions that can shape the path of their team and the organization. So here are two strategies to enhance your decision-making capabilities. Number one is to gather significant information. So before you make any type of decision, gather all of the relevant information, consider the different perspectives, consult with subject matter experts, and also conduct thorough research and analysis. This approach ensures that you have a comprehensive understanding of the situation, leading to a more informed and effective decisions. So here are once again, five things that you can do in this particular area. Number one is to define decision objectives and scope. Take time to clearly outline the objectives of the decision-making process and define the scope of the problem you are trying to solve. This step will help you to stay focused on gathering relevant information and avoid being overwhelmed by irrelevant data. Number two is to identify key stakeholders and subject matter expertise. Identify the stakeholders who will be affected by the decision and involve them in the information gathering process. Additionally, identify subject matter experts who possess valuable insights and knowledge related to that decision that you're looking to make. Engaging with these individuals will provide diverse perspectives and, of course, valuable expertise. Number three, conduct thorough research. Use a combination of primary and secondary research methods to gather information. Primary research involves collecting data firsthand through surveys, through interviews, and observations. Secondary research involves gathering existing data and information from credible sources such as books and articles and reports and reputable websites. This research will help you to understand the current state of affairs, the industry trends, and potential opportunities and challenges. 
Number four is to analyze and synthesize the information. So once you've gathered the information, analyze it critically. Identify any patterns and trends and potential cause and effect relationships. Synthesize the data from various sources to gain a comprehensive understanding of the situation. This step it will enable you to distill complex information into actionable insight. And number five is to validate information and evaluate any risk. Verify the accuracy and reliability of the information that you have collected. Cross-reference the data from multiple sources to ensure that it is consistent. Additionally, assess the potential risks associated with the decision, considering both short-term and long-term consequences. Understanding the risks will help you make a more informed and conscious choices. The second strategy is to evaluate risk and benefits. Every decision that we make involves some level of uncertainty, so it's crucial to assess potential risk and rewards. Consider the short-term and long-term implications, weigh the pros and cons, and identify any potential obstacles. This analysis will help you make calculated decisions. So here are five steps to effectively evaluate risk and the benefit when making decisions. So number one is to identify the decision. This is your ability to clearly define the decision that you need to make. It could be related to personal matters, business, career, or any other aspect of life. Understanding the scope of the decision will help you focus on relative risk and benefits. Number two is to gather the information. Collect all the relevant information needed to assess the risk and benefits. This could include data, facts, expert opinions, and any other relevant sources. The more comprehensive the information, the better your analysis will be. Number three is to assess risk and benefits. This is your ability to take the time to evaluate the potential risk associated with the decision and the benefit it offers. Consider both the short-term and long-term consequences. For each option, list the potential positive and negative consequences of each. And be honest and be objective during this process. Number four is to weigh the pros and the cons. Once you have identified the risk and benefits, weigh them against each other. Assign importance or probability to each item on the list based on your assessment. Some factors may carry more weight than others, depending on the context of the decision. And number five, consider mitigation strategies, right? So if a certain risk seems significant, think of ways to mitigate or minimize them. Similarly, if some benefits can be enhanced, why not explore how to capitalize on those? Evaluating potential ways to address the identified risk can help you make more informed decisions. All right, let's move to the fourth skill, which is delegation. Delegation is vital for leaders to maximize productivity and develop their team members. So let's look at some strategies for effective delegation. Strategy number one is to assign tasks according to strengths. So when delegating tasks, assign them to individuals based on their strengths and skills. This not only ensures that the work is performed efficiently, but also empowers team members to excel in their area of expertise. Recognize their strength and provide opportunities for growth and development. So here are five steps to implement this effectively. Number one is to assess individual strength and skills, right? So take the time to conduct a thorough assessment of each team member's skills and strengths. This can be done through self-assessment, through questionnaires, through performance evaluations, or one-on-one -on -one discussions with team members. Understand what each person excels at and what areas they are passionate about. Number two is to identify task requirements. This is your ability to analyze the tasks that need to be delegated and match them with the strengths and skills identified in step one. Consider the specific requirements for each task and how they align with the expertise of your team members. 
make a list of tasks and their corresponding ideal candidates based upon their strengths. All right, on to number three, which is communicate clearly. So when assigning tasks, communicate openly with your team members, explain why you believe they are the best fit for the task based on their strengths and their skills. Be transparent about your expectations and the importance of their contribution to the team's overall success. This will help create a sense of purpose and motivation. Number four is you in this, you have to make sure if you're delegating tasks, you have to make sure you do number four and do it well, which is to provide support and resources. This allows you as a leader to ensure that team members have the necessary resources, tools, and support to carry out their assigned tasks successfully. If there are skill gaps, get some training or some mentorship to help them develop those skills that are required. Show your commitment to their growth and provide guidance when needed. And then, of course, number five is to recognize and celebrate success. Acknowledge and appreciate the efforts and achievement of your team members. When they excel in tasks that align with their strengths, celebrate their success openly. Public recognition not only boosts their morale, but also reinforces the importance of leveraging individual strengths for the collective benefit of the team. Right? You have to make sure that you are rewarding. You got to provide support and you have to make sure you reward your team members for accomplishing the goals, the tasks, the projects, et cetera, that have been delegated to them. All right, let's move to number two. Strategy number two is to provide clear guidelines and support. To ensure that you are delegating effectively, provide clear guidelines and support for your team members. Clearly communicate your expectations, the deadlines, your desired outcomes. Make sure that you offer guidance and resources and assistance when needed. That is your job as a leader, right? To offer guidance, resources, and assistance. By doing so, you empower your team to take ownership of their work while knowing that they have your support. So how do you do this? So here are five things we can talk about to help you implement this effectively. Number one is to establish clear expectations. Clearly define the task or projects that you are delegating to your teams. Articulate the objectives, the scope, the desired results for each assignment. Make sure that you discuss the importance of the task and how it aligns with the broader organizational goals. And make sure everyone understands what success looks like. Number two is to set specific deadlines. Provide a timeline for each delegated task. Discuss the deadlines with your team members and consider their input to ensure they are achievable and realistic. Deadlines create a sense of urgency and help your team prioritize their work effectively. Number three is open communication channels. Foster an environment where your team feels comfortable asking questions and seeking clarifications. No one likes when they're assigned a task and they've just been given this task where they can't ask questions or seek clarification. That does not allow for them to be productive and to achieve the outcome results. So your job as a leader is to encourage open communication by being approachable and responsive. Regularly check in with your team members to provide feedback and address any concerns and make sure to offer any guidance if needed. Number four is offer necessary resources. Ensure that your team has access to the resources, the tools, and information required to complete the delegated task successfully. This may include providing access to software, to training, budgetary support, or any other essential elements for their work. And number five is provide support and encouragement. Be available to support your team whenever they encounter challenges and obstacles. One of the jobs that we have as leaders to, is to clear the path. That means ensuring that there are limited obstacles and limited challenges so that they are able to complete the task successfully. 
Our job is to offer guidance and mentorship and coaching to help them overcome difficulties and to grow in their roles. Make sure that you take time to recognize and appreciate their efforts and achievements to boost morale and motivation. The fifth skill we're going to talk about is adaptability and flexibility. In today's fast-paced, ever-changing environment, leaders must be adaptable and flexible to navigate change and uncertainty. So here are two strategies to develop these skills. Number one is to embrace change. Rather than resist change, embrace it. Be open to new ideas and technologies and approaches. Encourage your team members to adapt and innovate. By fostering a culture that embraces change, you create an environment that thrives in evolving circumstances. So here are five steps that you can do to implement this effectively. Number one is to promote a growth mindset. Encourage your team members to adopt a growth mindset when they see challenges and changes as opportunities for learning and improvement. So often do we see these as threats, but they should be seen as opportunities for learning and improvement. Emphasize that failures are learning experiences and encourage experimentation and risk-taking. Number two is to communicate the importance of the change. Clearly communicate to your team the reasons why embracing the change is crucial for the success of the organization and for the team. Help them understand how it benefits both the company and their own individual growth. Number three, as a leader, is to lead by example. We as leaders, we must lead by example in every situation. As a leader, we have to demonstrate our own willingness to embrace this change and to adapt to the ever-evolving world that is around us. We have to make sure that we are open to new ideas and that we don't shy away from trying new technologies and approaches. Your team will be more likely to follow your suit if they see you embracing the change enthusiastically. Number four is to provide training and support. Ensure that your team has access to the necessary resources, training, and support to adapt to new changes. This might involve workshops and seminars or even one-on-one -on -one coaching to help them build the skills and confidence needed to embrace the change. And number five is to recognize and reward adaptability. Encourage and reward team members who embrace change and come up with innovative solutions to the change. Celebrate successes resulting from a culture of embracing change, reinforcing its importance within the organization. Okay, so strategy number two is to continuously invest in your own learning and development as leaders. Stay updated on industry trends, attend workshops, and seek feedback from your team. By fostering a growth mindset, you inspire your team to do the same, leading to a culture of continuous improvement. And so here are some things that you can do to do this effectively. Number one is to identify learning goals and objectives. Start by defining your own learning goals and objectives. Consider what skills, what knowledge or areas you want to improve on. Reflect on your current strengths and weaknesses and set clear and achievable learning objectives that align with your role and the team's needs. Number two is to stay updated with industry trends. Actively monitor and keep yourself informed about the latest trends, best practices and methods and innovations in your industry. Subscribe to relevant newsletters, join industry specific online communities, follow thought leaders on social media, and also one of my favorites, read books or articles on topics related to your field. This way that you make sure you are staying up to date with content that is relevant to your job, your industry, your field. This will help you to make informed decisions and to stay ahead future thinking in this constant ever-changing business environment. Number three, is to attend workshops, conferences, training programs, right? So 
part of the continual learning as leaders is to make sure you're looking for these workshops and conferences and webinars and training programs that align with your overall learning goals. These events provide excellent opportunities to gain new insights. You can network with industry professionals and peers, and you can also learn from those industry experts. Consider both online, virtual, right, and in-person events based on your preferences and availability. Number four is to seek feedback and mentorship. Actively seek feedback from your team members, supervisors, and peers. Constructive feedback can help you to identify areas for improvement and provide valuable insights into your performance. Additionally, seek out mentors within and outside of your organization who can offer guidance, support, and advice on your professional development journey. Keep in mind that not all mentors need to be inside of your own organization, nor do they always have to be in your same field. Right? So there's things to think about when it comes to mentoring. They can be within or even outside of your own organization. But the key is, is to find a mentor and find a really, really good one. And so let's talk about number five, which is to encourage and support team growth. This is your ability as a leader to lead by example and foster a growth mindset within your team. Encourage team members to invest in their own learning and their own development as well. Share resources with the team, recommend relevant workshops or courses, and make sure to create a supportive environment where team members feel motivated to pursue continuous improvement. Recognize and celebrate team members who take proactive steps in their development. And there you have it. The five essential skills that every leader should possess. Effective communication, emotional intelligence, decision-making, delegation, and adaptability. These are all crucial for successful leadership. By implementing these strategies, you can enhance your leadership abilities and guide your team toward excellence. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe and share this podcast with others. And remember, to unlock your leadership effectiveness, you must master the cheat code. See you next time.